What's up, you guys? Welcome to the February 17th edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. No games today. No games for a while. So we're going to kind of mix it up and talk some kind of up-and-comers and general stuff to hopefully work for DFS guys and for season long. We'll kind of do a little, try to cater to everyone. It's going to be really stat-based, and you guys are pretty smart. You can draw the conclusions from what you want to draw. We'll help out, obviously, a little bit here and there. With me to do so is Dr. A. Steve Alexander. What's up, man? Nothing, man. Get ready to enjoy a little break. Yeah, I'm kind of pumped for it. <laughs> and I bought myself a little, a little company. I got a puppy yesterday. I'm like super excited about it. A little six-week-old golden retriever, which I'm sure I'll be tweeting pictures out all the time. It's a little bundle of joy. Still got a name, by the way. Okay, so looking at just some kind of a general lack of top-heavy talent in this class, You look just look at the minutes and minutes per game. You look at last year. 11, of the 11 guys that were picked, of the top 11 guys from minutes per game, 10 of them were in the top 13. The only exception was Jokic. Uh, it's just ridiculous how that lottery was just filled up the top. But this year, of the top 10 guys, only two of them for minutes were were first round picks, period. And that was Brandon Ingram and DeMontis Sabonis. Uh, there's some guys in the 11 to 20 range. But man, this this rookie class has been, especially the 2016 guys, has been pretty weak. Um, what were any impressions that um, you thought? Usually, I mean, do you think 2016 was more an exception? I'm sorry, 2015-16 was more of an exception, or is this kind of a, a new normal? You know, I haven't gone back and looked at looked at history on this, but to me, this is pretty weird. Like Rodney McGruder is <laughs> second in rookie minutes. Um, Yogi Ferrell is up there, and he came kind of came out of nowhere, you know, two weeks ago. And Andrew Harrison is playing 22 minutes a game for Memphis, so it's kind of weird. Like usually, I think you see five or six rookies who play a lot of minutes and put up, you know, reasonable numbers. Whereas this year, it's kind of like Joel Embiid and Hobie Dario, and and that's it. Yeah, and we could probably throw Brogdon in there, but after that, I mean, it's been, like, when you make your DFS lineups, you aren't, besides the process, which everyone knows I will roll all day, uh, and I mean, Finney Smith has been hit and miss, but really, even the guys that are beyond this top 10 who have the little spot here and there that we'll talk about, uh, and guys that are going to trend up. Um, so yeah, we're going to kind of just do, like, report cards for the guys that may matter, guys that are going to fade, we're going to kind of skip through. Um, so let's start at the top. We're going to go through by minutes per game. And let's talk some Brandon Ingram, who's probably been one of the biggest busts considering the opportunities that he's had. He's only 36% from three. He's had multiple avenues for minutes. He's played four positions. I mean, you, you start with that and you think, oh, man, 20 minutes a game, multiple positions, can, supposed to be able to shoot. But he's also 66% from the line, not getting nearly enough good shots, like close shots. He, was, he had a good little... I want to say a week and a half stretch, like in January, late December, when it was like, oh, it's lights coming on, and it just didn't happen. So, um, what are you thinking for Ingram? We know that Lou Williams is on the block. We we know they want to play more. They're starting to fade Moskov. They're going to start fading Dang a little bit. So, um, is there any hope for this guy, or is it kind of just he's going to be a project? Well, like you said, he's only shooting 30, 30% from 3-3 three, three and 36% from the field. So, if his shooting would turn around, I think his entire season would turn around. But the, the concern that we're hearing 
or that you know you and I are seeing on TV, and I, also I'm hearing from my friends who who live in Los Angeles. They're like, can this guy really shoot, or were we lied to? Um, so I don't know the answer to that. I think he's a better player than what we've seen. Um, I like the idea of stashing him and rolling with him between now and the end of the season because the Lakers really don't have anything to play for and they need to develop this kid. Uh, but the, the, the question remains, can he shoot the basketball? And I still don't know the answer to that. I think he has to be better than a 30% shooter, though. Yeah. He has one of my favorite college stats I like to track for threes is how many times you were assisted on threes. Like, Justice Winslow had a really high one, which is kind of a bad indicator that he's going to have a, a rough first season. And Ingram does. He's 95% assisted on threes. So, yeah, uh, I think he's going to heat up because, I mean, this he's he, he can't be this low-used low and... I mean, just he's not filling up the stat sheet at all. But I mean, we've like I, I thought he he should have been at like in DFS. He should have been like forty six, forty seven hundred by now. But easy like for that minute for that minute amount, he's so so bad per minute. Um, Forty eight yeah, minutes a game. Yeah, right. So it's crazy to to be eight that points. High. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to the number two man, Roddy Magruder. Uh, he's in, <laughs> he's in, he's in Magruder. Uh, all right, <laughs> all right. So trending down hard. I mean, Waiters is back. Tyler Johnson's back. Josh Richardson should be back after the break. Stash Josh Richardson, by the way. So he's obviously trending down. We don't even need to talk about him. Yeah, I mean, he, he was playing. He's starting um, for the Heat. He's been starting for most of the season, really. And he's and he's getting twenty six minutes a game. But even with those. Those big minutes, he's just not doing much. Like he's not worth using now, and and it's only going to get worse when when uh, Richardson comes back, if Richardson ever comes back. Yeah, like even when he was hitting like upper thirties in minutes, he still wasn't hitting min price on TFS, and obviously you weren't using him for season long. Uh, so let's move on to an interesting guy, Malcolm Brogdon, who looked like he was coming around, but he had two pretty rough games. Uh, in the past week, which is probably a reflection of Chris Middleton, who was freaking awesome on Wednesday, just to throw that in. If you missed Middleton's line, he went with for 20 points, 7 assists, 3 steals, 3 boards, and a 3 on 7 of 15, 101 from 3. So, whew, if you stash Middleton, you're feeling pretty awesome, like I am, my 30 man. Get well soon, Zach Levine. So, uh, Brogdon, are you, do you, so I, I say that the Middleton addition is a bigger negative than the positive of a Jabari Parker miss. So he's going to be kind of on the fence, I think, for he'll have a good game here, especially when Middleton rests. But, oh, man, I'm a little scared off uh, after the last two for, for Brogdon. Well, not only that, but the whole, the whole fact that Jake's kid is still playing uh, Matthew Della so many minutes of point guard. Um, you know, personally, I'd like to see Della just get shelled and, and let Brogdon start at point guard. Um, that would solve a lot of our problems that we're discussing right now. But, um, yeah, it looks like Michael Beasley is going to be the guy that fills in for Jabari Parker. I think Brogdon is just going to play, you know, backup guard at those spots. So, I I, I think he's trending down. Yeah. And I'm going to talk about um, just sticking with the Bucks to kind of get just to get this out. Um, the Jabari thing, it hasn't really helped Brogdon because Middleton's playing on the wing, and they've used guys to fill minutes there. Uh, they've used Beasley, Thonmaker, and Toledovich to pretty much just roll there with Jabari Parker's minutes. So, yeah, 
Brogdon potentially gets a usage bump, but it's really not helping his minutes. They're really not sliding Giannis to the floor too often. Um, so, yeah, I, I, it's look, not looking good. So, um, Brogdon, I think Brogdon's easily seen the best. He, what, he was like 71% effective field goal and catch and shoot up until like mid-January, which was top, almost tops in the league uh, among qualifiers. So, yeah, he'll be he'll be trending down. Um, so, Thon Maker, um, coming in. All right. I mean, he had was off the radar up until about two, three weeks ago, but he's had pretty decent games. Uh, Eighteen minutes a game in his last four, seven points, five boards, uh, one point three threes, which is nice. He's shooting fifty percent from three uh, in his rookie season, so he can shoot it a little bit. Uh, what are our thoughts here? Uh, again, trending up, decent upside. Uh, there's a little bit upside there. I mean, he's not a guy that I would use right now. In- yeah. DFS or, or any other. Um, and he's not really a, a great stash to me um, either. I mean, I'm just not a huge, huge fan. Um, playing for Jason Kidd. I, I mean, I just don't know if it gets better than, than where it's at right now. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if he, he's going to top out at, what, 26 minutes a game, like best case scenario? If, yeah. And that's even high. Like, I think probably like 23 is... Like realistically, where he'll top out. I mean, he's only shoot, he's not shooting the ball that much. He'll probably be what eleven points a game, maybe five six boards, maybe half a block, and maybe a one point six threes. That's nothing to write home about. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, he's he's better than I thought for a guy that everyone thought was going to be a second rounder. Okay, so back on track. The process and Dario are fourth and fifth in minutes. So we will tie them together. You probably have heard that um, on January 20th, they had a, diagnosed him with a slight meniscus tear. They played him in the January 27th game against the Rockets despite that. Uh, and they're being careful. Called himself not healthy last weekend. So what are we doing with the process, man? It's uh, if, if you drafted him three weeks ago, you thought you got a steal. And now, uh, now we're finding out why he slid in fantasy drafts and why... Yeah, it's it's been... It's been negative. I haven't been tweeting much about the process lately. Yeah, it's been rough. And, I mean, this is cost, costing people, you know, fantasy championships at this point. Mm. Um, because he, you haven't been able to really trade him. You haven't been able to do anything except put him on your bench and wait. Um, when do you think he's going to come back? You you probably have a better sense of what's going on with the process than, than anyone. Well, one thing I'll say is his minute restrictions not dropping all season. Uh, I think that's obvious. And I think that he's going to be, from that 28 minute that they've been doing, probably back down to 24, maybe even less than that. Um, the Sixers, like, they had a, they kind of apparently screwed up on Ben Simmons a little bit. There was a report yesterday uh, that's, we'll tie him into this too. I'm getting off track a little bit here. But, they said that his foot's not healthy, and what, I want to say early January, he had a foot scan that said he was kind of healed, and he was going through some practices and all that, so Simmons doesn't look good either. But anyways, back to Embiid. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sports and I had a good question that uh, they asked one of their guys, do you think that Embiid plays in half the remaining games? That's probably about right. Uh, so I, I think, I mean, he's not going to play in back-to-backs, absolutely not, and then... You know, we'll see probably going to miss a handful of games here and there on the road. So uh, he'll probably play maybe 65, 70% of the home games remaining. And 
little less than that on the road and not in back-to-back. So it's going to be really annoying to own him, I think, in, in fantasy. But when he goes in DFS, um, his price will probably drop a little bit with the minutes restriction. But if he's still like 7000 and he has a 24-minute cap, you know me. I'll still roll him out there. Yeah, um, that's the nice thing about Embiid is is the minutes don't really matter. If he plays 20 minutes, he's going to put up numbers. Um, but the the whole missing games thing is going to be a nightmare. And I, I just pray that um, he fully heals over the, over the summer and, and uh, is good to go next year. We don't have a, a problem, you know, a chronic problem throughout his career with this. So... But uh, I'm kind of glad that I only own the process in one league right now. I, I will say that because uh, he's just eating up that roster spot. And I mean, we, are there situations like daily Yahoo leagues where you would drop and lead? I mean, if I'm dying in the standings and my trade deadline's passed, it's it's so tough to cut him because you know if you cut him, he's going to get picked up. So like with that. With whenever I think that's gonna happen, I really have a tough time doing it. And I try to avoid it as much as I can. But I mean, if you really gotta make hay, then I mean, what what can you do, right? Like you gotta cut them, right? If like if you can't wait, obviously wait wait for the break to happen and see see if things change. But if he's still not playing games when the calendar hits March, then and, and we don't have a target date, then what can you do, right? Yeah, and I think in a weekly league where you actually have a bench you can stick him on, right? You, you hold on. But if it's a daily Yahoo where you've got to, um, you've got to play all your guys every day that you can, it's really tough to own him. Now I've got him. I own Embiid in a in a Yahoo daily league, and I have not dropped him yet. But it's uh, we only start eight guys, and we have four on the bench. So with that few guys starting, um, I've got to have somebody on my bench almost every day anyway, so I've just kind of been hanging on to him. But, you know, if it's a one of those leagues where you pay, you play 12 and only sit two guys, mm-hmm. in that league, I'm cutting him. Yeah, if you can't, if you're really fighting for your life. Okay, so the homie Dario, easily, by far, the hottest rookie in the game right now. Um, respect to Jamal Murray, who's been better, but... The homie Dario is just straight killing cats. Uh, his last five, 21 points, 7 boards, 2.2 assists, 1.2 steals, 53% from three, 2.23s. Hitting, hitting cash every night lately for DFS. Um, if, if you've played him in the past two weeks, you've probably done well. And my 30 team, my boy, the homie, he's, he's back. I'm pumped. And I'm, he's not going to be this good. Because we've seen him go through these really bad stretches, and even before this little hot streak, he went one and nine. Um, so he's 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 gonna have up and downs, but I mean, I love thirty one minutes, thirty three minutes in the last two. Man, uh, Brett Brown talking him up. He's got Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month locked up for February. Uh, so I'm pumped for Dario big time. He's been awesome, man, and uh, the fact that he's doing that with. Ursan Isova still starting and, and taking up some of his time and, and space um, is pretty pretty impressive. Um, imagine what Homie Dario would be doing had the Sixers not made that move to get Ilyasova. Hmm. Well, I mean, he's he's great in that second unit. You, you know, I love second unit guys. And if, if you could get second units and you're playing better than the first unit guy, who cares? 
Um, gonna, yeah. His usage is up. And another thing, too, that's worth noting is if Ilya Silva's hot, they roll Dario 4-5 um, against smaller lineups. They roll those guys 3-4. And, I mean, multiple avenues for minutes is my, my thing. And he's doing that, too. Not so much. He's pretty much just straight-eating Ilya Silva's minutes. Um, so Ghostface Ilya, Dar- Dario's being basically Method Man. Uh, they keep feeding him and feeding him and feeding him. <laughs> so, Ghostface only played like 15 minutes last game. Yeah, like yeah, they straight up they only played the four. They didn't split. They didn't go. They weren't on the court together at all. So like I got asked this about a week ago, who would you rather have, uh, Ghostface or the homie? And it's like easy, the homie. But man, I'm, his price is going to start getting real high, especially after it, the break. It's going to get dumb. He's yeah. sitting, he's sitting pretty man. Uh, I mean. Ben Simmons, like we were saying, he's doubt. I would call him doubtful this season. Uh, the process is going to be managed, so he looks great. Okay, so you're holding Ben Simmons, which I know a lot of people were asking about him a couple months ago about stashing him. If you still have him on a roster somehow, you gotta you gotta let him go. Yeah, like if he's hurting you, like if you have an IR spot and no one else is hurt, and there's no promising IR guys on the wire, yeah, like he's gonna and he's gonna be managed so hard. When he comes back, like more, like basically, like the process was to start the season, it's going to be like that, like twenty minute cap, no back to backs. Like he can't do it with that. Can't can't help you. Um, okay, so number six, Yogi Ferrell, uh, fading a little bit, but hey, he's played well, uh, and it's a big reason why the Mavs are actually winning games. So he's probably a drop uh, after in like a ten team. But what what's your thoughts on Yogi and his picnic baskets? <laughs> um, it's picnic. Uh, I love Yogi Ferrell. You know, I'm an Indiana guy. Yeah. Went to IU, um, came out of nowhere, and, and kind of blew up uh, Jeremy Lin's sanity style there for for ten days, uh, which was really fun to watch. Um, and I still think that there's a chance that we'll see him do that again this season because Darren Williams is about as unreliable as they come with injuries. So as soon as Darren Williams goes down again, you're going to want some Yogi. Uh, but until that happens, as long as Darren's healthy and playing, you're not going to want Yogi. So it's kind of kind of waiting on that injury to happen. And to your point, uh, the Mavs, who are only three out of the eight spot, I mean, that race for eight is going to be one of the most interesting storylines of the second half. But there's a good possibility that a team is just like even the Cavs, like hey, we've got we're losing all these games. Kevin Love's out. The, um, the Wizards are on fire. Uh, the the Celtics are playing well. They're only three back on the on the Cavs. The Raptors just got a Baca. So uh, the Cavs, I mean, they they kind of need to make a move. I mean, they, I guess they, they have LeBron. So, uh, but again, point being is like if a guy has if a guy's on a bad team right now. I really like to hold him with the draft, with um, the trade deadline coming up. So, Farrell, if you've held him this far, help hold him um, for sure. Okay, uh, and we'll move on. Andrew Harrison clearly trending down. He's been all right though. A guy who had was one of the worst shooters in the NBA earlier this season. He's kind of righted himself at least a little bit from his his twenty percent that he was hanging all the time. But obviously trending down. Mike Conley is starting to get into a groove. He's out of the, pretty much out of the rotation right now. So if you want to add anything. No. I mean, I have no use. Yep. We're good. Talk about Andrew Harrison. Yep. Uh, but seventh in minutes is crazy. 53 games. So it's not like he's only the, only the starts. Anyways. Uh, Isaiah Whitehead. 
Uh, hit and miss, 39% from the field, 83% from the line, which is pretty good for him. Uh, three assists, 2.4 boards, uh, 0.5 blocks, which last I checked was number one among point guards. Uh, so I'll check that out while you while you check Whitehead. Is he going to be able to overtake Spencer Dinwiddie, who had a huge fourth quarter in his last game? I think it was 16 fourth quarter points on Wednesday. Uh, so any thoughts on Whitehead, who's been kind of like Ingram. He's getting minutes. He's getting the ball in his hands a little bit, but just the numbers aren't really there yet. Yeah, Dinwiddie's not going away, uh, and Jeremy Lin is going to be back right after the break. So things are not looking good. For Whitehead, I mean, at best, he's going to be in a three-way timeshare. At worst, he's going to be third-string point guard. So uh, I'm, I'm not feeling feeling the love for Whitehead. Yeah, hit and miss. I mean, we know that Lynn's going to probably sit on back-to-backs uh, just because he's had three hamstring strains in this season to the same hamstring. That's a really bad sign for a team that has nothing to play for after they sat him out for so long. So you know he's going to be managed. So I think in back-to-backs, I have some interest um, as a guy who's been room. They want to see what he can do. They'll probably late in the season let him go a little bit. But, yeah, um, a little disappointing considering the minutes he's been given. Uh, and then, by the way, he is now third among point guards. Both John Wall and Drew Holiday have passed him. Um, who've, Drew Holiday, man, he's been really good. Okay, so moving on. DeMontis Sabonis, uh, another guy. Massive opportunity starting, but... Man, he he has fallen off. Um, he had that one in ten game that burned us. Uh, well, he was like one DFS point or something like that, and or that was a different. That was like the next game, but no, he was minus, wasn't he? Yeah, he had two points, one rebound, and then five turnovers. So <laughs> negatives. Uh, okay, so what are you doing with Sabonis? Um, Can't be coming back somewhat soon. We've kind of seen the best out of him. 27% from the field this month is terrible. What do you think? I played Sabonis one night, and I'm not looking at the stats, but it was the night he went off. Um, I think he had like five turnovers in the first quarter of the game, but then he came back and scored like 20 and had, had some rebounds and actually played decent. And then I used him a couple more times, thinking I could jump on the train while it was hot, and he was – Absolutely yeah. terrible, including that one for 10 game. Um, if this is the best we've seen without Cantor, uh, with Cantor on his way back, there's little hope for Sabonis, um, in fantasy at least, uh, the rest of the way. Massive disappointment. Um, and his dad is, is probably yelling at him for only .6 assists and 21.4 minutes per game this month. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so you got to head out. So I'm going to skip and ask you, um, I guess I'll, uh, if you want to talk about any of these guys before you go. So, Buddy Hield, Lavert, Jamal Murray, that's 11 through 13. Marquise Chris is a good name. Willie Hernan Gomez, 18. So, those are kind of the, the next group of guys. Uh, and then Zubots. Any, any yeah, of those, and then Juan Hernan Gomez is another one. Any of those guys that you think could be kind of big in the second half? Well, Wancho, I played him after he had his huge huh. blow up game and he was. Uh, invisible. So that that was kind of sad. But Wancho Hernan Gomez, I mean, now's the time for him because everybody in Denver's hurt. I mean, they're taking up a lot of our blurb space and time right now. Mm-hmm. Like, like having to blurb the Nuggets pregame is is a nightmare for <laughs> you guys that do it. So um, I think he's trending down because those guys are eventually going to get healthy. 
uh, Zubac is is so intriguing, and we were all over him for, you know, when he going on that little hot streak. But you know, he's he's basically playing 13 minutes a game for the season, which is still not too far from what he's playing right now. And I'd much rather roll with Willie Hernan Gomez, obviously, um, who's starting, and he's kind of ruined Kyle O'Quinn. So I, I really like uh, Hernan Gomez the rest of the way. He's He's been fun, and um, I like what he's doing. Out of those first three guys you mentioned, first four, which was Buddy Heald, Karis LeVert, Jamal Murray, and Marquise Chris, out of all those guys, I think the guy I'm most excited about, the one that I want to stash the most, is Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think he's he's got the potential, man. If they if they turn him loose in Phoenix and run some plays for him and and try to get him involved, like he can put up monster numbers. Whereas those other guys, I think we've already kind of seen their best stuff. Um, so out of those guys, I like Chris the best. Your boy Karis Levert seems to have trouble getting playing time. Uh, some of the guys that commented on my waiver wired column when I was hyping him a few weeks ago, kind of predicted that he was going to struggle with um, playing, uh, playing in every game and, and also with minutes and they were right. And I was kind of wrong. So uh, I'm kind of down in the boy Karras. Yeah. Well, a lot's happened since he blew up, man. And Ryan and I were talking about this and I'll let you go on this question. Um, what do you have bigger regret for? Do you regret not picking up the hot guy, or do you regret dropping someone too soon? Oh, in general? Yeah. Like, what do you find you? What do you find yourself like when you're going through a season? Do you find yourself saying like, "Oh, why, I wish I picked I, that guy up," or why did I drop that guy? Uh, I think dropping the guy is is the harder pill to swallow. Really? Yeah, man. I dropped uh, Jay Ajay in uh, football. In football, I had to make a move and dropped him the week before he blew up. And having mean, to watch him score touchdowns every week yeah. was so painful. But, I mean, that's and, so infrequent, though. Yeah, I guess football is different than basketball. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and then the year that I won our 30-team league, which it sounds like you may become the first back-to-back <laughs> champion uh, since you lose. I mean, you need luck like you're having in that league. Like, you lose uh, – What's his name? Zach Levine. You lose Zach Levine, and then you slide Chris Middleton right into his spot. You don't even notice he's gone. Yep. First, um, first place. But the year, that I, the year that I won that league, I just took a flyer on Jeremy Lin. He got hot one night, and I took the flyer, got him, put him in my lineup, and then he went off for like the next month. And that was the reason yep. I won that league. So had I not picked him up, and I actually, I had picked him up, dropped him, and then picked him back up. Um, so had I not picked him back Jeez. up, I would, been, I would have been pretty sad. But uh, I think I'd rather, I'd rather miss out on the, the guy, than drop a guy and then have him go crazy. Yeah, but I mean, I don't know. In the middle of the season, how how often does that happen? Like in the middle of the season, it's so rare that you drop a guy that gets hot afterwards. Like in the earlier in the season, yeah, sure. Like, if LeBert was blowing up in November, like, obviously I wouldn't have been about it, but how many hot pickups are there going to be going forward? Like, especially in that part of the season. It's pretty much, like, whenever and then deadline pickups. So, I don't know. I don't I don't feel bad about Pippen LeBert and him getting cut back. No, I don't feel bad about yeah. it at all. I'm just saying I'd rather, I'd rather, yeah, I'd rather take a flyer on a guy 
and then have him not work out and just cut him, yeah. then not have taken a chance. I'm just saying it's more painful. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I hear like, Right before they blow up than it is to think somebody's going to blow up and have him not do it. And the worst is when you drop someone and then you play someone in the playoffs and he's using him against you. That's the worst. That is the worst. Yeah. It's like it's like fantasy nightmare stuff. All right, man. So you gotta get out of here. I'm at the door. You you uh you can wrap this up solo. Yeah, take this puppy home. All right, man. Thanks again. Enjoy the All Star break. Take care of your bundle of joy. <laughs> I will. All right. So here we go. I'm gonna try to fly through this for the guys that aren't too relevant. Uh, Dorian Finney Smith uh, kind of ate the most when Dirk and Bogut were out, so he'll be trending down from his 21 minutes. But props, man, uh, for coming out undrafted and making an impact like he did. Buddy Heald, that's an interesting one. We've seen Buddy kind of have some bright spots. Uh, I still would call him a letdown, more so than some of the guys we're going to talk about. But, I mean, he had that 17-point game against Minnesota, which was big. It was almost difference-making output from him there. But he's just not doing it. Um, the steals really aren't there. He's not shooting the ball that well on three. The talk about him making plays with pick-and-roll with Davis is not happening. So, yeah, um, disappointment overall. I'm not really expecting too much out of him unless the Pelicans kind of get crazy and start selling off pieces. They don't really have much to sell, though. I do feel like they want to go for um, that number eight spot. It's crazy. uh, Oh, we want the number eight spot to get swept by the Warriors in the first round. But, hey, making playoffs is is a good way to boost your brand for your franchise. Okay, so Levert at 12. Like I said... He's still playing all right. Uh, his playmaking chances have gone down a little bit. We'll see what happens, how Lynn impacts him. But yeah, like we said, it looked like he was going to go off with how well he was playing. And yeah, they just cut him. They cut his minutes down hard. So uh, Levert definitely trending down. A, po- a possibility for certain nights when we know. And you know, you know that the Nets are going to rest guys late in the season. So I think we'll see Levert have some good games here. Uh, moving on to Jamal Murray. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast this week or read my column from Sunday, I love the idea of him and Mason Plumley working together in the second unit. Uh, I think that Jamal Murray is going to be a little sneaky. Uh, obviously, if Denver keeps playing the way they're, they are right now, they have a pretty decent shot at the eight seed. They currently hold it, but Murray's usage has gone up. He's scored 14 or more in, th- in each of his last three. Uh, he's not really passing the ball. He's really just been more of a scorer, and a lot of it's late. But, man, this kid can play. Uh, the only problem is he, they, he needs help uh, because he's peaking right now, with, like we were saying, with all those injuries. So he would need Gallo to go and other guys to just go. Moody, A, Jameer Nelson, who's been like, how man, if, if you're looking for a point guard, is Jameer Nelson a, a better buy than like Darren Williams? Jameer's been crazy good. Uh, so, and that is somewhat of a product of Jokic, by the way. Um, Jokic just makes everyone better. But, man, Jameer just quickly, 16 points, 23 points on Monday against the Warriors and that crazy win, man. Um, yeah, if you've rolled Jameer, we, we've been big Jameer guys on the DFS pods, and he's been cashing like crazy, cashless like clay. Um, that's, yeah. All right, I'm moving on. Like we said, Marquise Chris, and I'm with Steve. Uh, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be a potential difference maker in season long and in DFS as foul rates come down just a tad. They are running more stuff through him. They're giving him more dunks. They're running more high screen stuff with him, which they really weren't doing. They were kind of having him sit in the corner, letting him cut and shooting threes, which isn't really his forte yet. But I'm um, loving, loving the high screen stuff from him. 
and actually looking at some stats, he's been horrible uh, as a role man. Um, he's only he is ten point nine percent frequency on that, which is pretty low for a, a power forward, and twelve percentile. So get that going. Um, I I can't. Uh, I need the trends on that um, with the way that Synergy does it. They don't let you track certain portions of the season. So I feel like he's doing better. And practice makes perfect. You need to be if you're going to be a four in this league. And they have also said, by the way, they want Marquise Chris to be a Draymond like kind of influence in the offense. Obviously not the passing, but defense. But if you want to play like Draymond, you talk about the Warriors' pet play with that Curry Draymond pick and roll. Um, they they got to get that going. I mean, if Watson wants to do that, that has to happen. So, like I said, Chris is going to be a guy who's been hanging around the, the upper threes, and he's hitting value more frequently. Because uh, the foul rate's down. Coming off on a good game uh, on, on Wednesday. 15-8, two steals, two blocks. No turnovers. So he hit value for you there. And then no turnovers as well. So real complete game. Um, yeah, I like him a lot in the second half um, to get minutes in the upper 20s um, more frequently. Um, because the Suns, I mean, the Suns are, what, dead last? And another guy I'm just going to hit really fast um, who's not on this for minutes. He's not even qualified for minutes, I don't believe. And that is Tyler Ulis. Uh, I love what I saw at Tyler Ulis. When they got blown out in Houston, we saw Watson really pimp him. Uh, he was asked, what's a positive from this game when they gave up 133? He said, oh, Tyler Ulis, uh, who had 13 points, 6 assists, a steal. This guy, I mean, he has some of the best handles. Not like Kyrie wow handles, but just far as keeping the ball within his grasp and not turning it over and just being with precision with passing just just takes care of the ball like you want you he'd be a real nice babysitter or dog sitter or something um, for how careful he is with stuff so, so keep an eye on him especially with Brandon Knight all right move on down the line here for some rookies uh, Malcolm Delaney great nice uh, signing from the Hawks he's been pretty solid as a backup we've seen him close a handful of games. He closed in that big Rockets comeback. He had two games what, about four weeks ago uh, when the Hawks had another nice comeback. But he's played really well. Uh, we won't really see him produce much unless Schroeder's out of the lineup. But when he does, if Schroeder misses a game, then Delaney's a guy we'll like. Obviously, Pascal Siakam turning down hardcore. Um, his, he may be, he's probably gone with Ibaka. And gone as in minutes are gone. He's not going to get traded, I don't think. But solid pick for, for almost at the end of the first round. Uh, he's been better than expected, right? Um, although he did look good in Summer League. for His floor running really caught me by surprise. Him and uh, Check the Owl, by the way. Which I would say Check the Owl. Um, keep an eye on him. We know if the Pelicans fall out of it, they may shut guys down, Davis down, and get a look at Check, who's been better. He's been stretching out his range in the D League, shooting more mid-range, shooting some threes, not making them, though. But encouraging stuff. Uh, okay, I'm going to skip through uh, some stuff here. Chris Dunn, not good. Big letdown. Big summer league. And he has fallen behind Tyler, uh, Tyus Jones. He is not getting those combo guard minutes, really. Uh, coming off a 20-minute game in Denver. And he's he did get a little combo minutes there, but it, it's ugly. He, even with Lance Stevenson out, uh, he's probably not going to get re-upped with him being out two weeks. So... Uh, the Wolves aren't good. Maybe they let him go. Obviously, if you have him in, in your fantasy team, then if Rubio gets traded on that off chance, then 
you may they they may if they sell Rubio, that's clearly saying okay, we're not going for this eight seed. Uh, so something to keep in mind. Just let me see how far. I think they're what like four out. Um, yeah, three and a half out. So that's definitely not an insurmountable lead. It's crazy that all these pretty much everyone except for the Lakers and the Suns are really in the mix for that eight spot. Okay, I'm going to move on. We talked about Willie. What what more can we say? He's pretty much got minutes locked up. Uh, it's just been fantastic. Plays, again, combo combo minutes at the four and the five. Looks great. Rebounding rates look really good. Shooting the ball well from the line at 73%. So he looks like a, um, a potential difference maker. I don't think Noah's going to be 100% for the rest of the season. Um, Jalen Brown had his chance with Avery Bradley out. Now with... Bradley's likely to come back, and then also Brown getting hurt hurts him. Paul Zipster is apparently Hoiberg's boy. Uh, Samaje Christian's been kind of interesting. Um, pushed he pushed campaign a little bit, um, which makes Payne a little bit of a of a, of a sell uh, if they can if they can trade him at the right price. Um, we talked about we've talked about a Lou Williams deal for OKC. Something to keep in mind there. Kuzminskis, Mendigas Kuzminskis. Uh, we've seen the best out of him, but he had nice runs. Uh, all right, let's. I'm just gonna skip around here. Ivanka Zubats, like Steve said, he is. I think he's gonna get freed. Like we said, the Lakers are out of this thing. Uh, Zubats has been a pretty good shot blocker. Shot the ball okay from the line, 75%. He's been kind of down recently, but shot blocker, not the best rebounder. Uh, he's a better passer than his numbers suggest, and they're going to run stuff more boot through him. They want to have that Russell Zubats be their kind of go-to to set up the other parts of the offense. So Zubats is definitely got to watch, uh, especially when um, it feels like they said they didn't want to bench Mozgov, and they did for Tariq Black. So I feel like that move speaks volumes to me that they want Zubats to start. Um, for... To go, but and this is what I want to say: like five days difference from when Walton's like, no, we want to start Mozgov and keep him in that first unit. It changes mind quick, so that that kind of is interesting to me. Obviously, Tariq Black, as much as I love him and I love the Tariq Black to Marcus Cousins gift, uh, it feels like it, it's Zubats is going to be starting at some point. Wade Baldwin, though, Wancho, uh, like Steve pretty much talked about it. Uh, again, combo combo minutes at the forward spots, even plays a little bit of five. Uh, he's, he's been really shooting the ball well. Can't shoot the ball in mid-range, and he finally struggled from three, one or five from three the other day. But he's been good, man. Uh, another guy who wasn't expected to even come over this year. He turned some heads in summer league and like, all right, cool, we'll play in the NBA, and yeah, we'll get some starts. Um, and 40 games, 13 minutes a game. He's been really one of the best um, not, non-lottery guys, all right? First pick non-lottery with the, the 15th pick. So, yeah, down, I'm down for some, some Wancho for sure. Uh, Jogging Bender, basically season's over. Denzel Valentin, disappointing for a guy who looked NBA-ready. Uh, kind of reverse Brogdon. Like, him and Brogdon were like the NBA-ready guys. Like Brogdon's been killing. Pat McCaw. But boy, uh, Pat McCaw's been red hot. Uh, man, the last press conference, Steve Kerr pimped him. Uh, so I think we're going to see more out of McCaw. I think he's going to kind of cut into Ian Cork's minutes. I'm sorry, this was two games ago on Monday when he played 35 minutes without Clay. 
Um, so yeah, Pat McCaw is definitely trending up. Uh, a guy who I think is going to clearly earn minutes going forward. Not that we're going to use him, but keep in mind the Warriors they're they're not in that hunt for seventy three anymore. They've got a decent cushion with four games. I mean, four games with two months to play for a team like Golden State that's really tough to catch. And they're they're going to probably have home court in pretty. Pretty close to locked up by the time we get to April. So we may see a little bit of the Magad out there. Um, who else can we hit? Uh, the DeAndre Bembry to Prince thing. It's interesting. Uh, we saw Bembry get hot. Uh, he had that great defense on Harden, but now we've seen Prince get hot. So very annoying. Uh, if you, it's tough to have these rookies split. Uh, Thabocephalosia is out, which is why we've seen so much of these guys. Uh, other guys, uh, Bertans has been pretty good, but Powell's coming back, so we'll see him fade a little bit. What about Lil K. Felder? Maybe they trade him? What? I mean, he's played all right. Uh, I could, he'd be a lot of fun on a bad team, kind of like Ulis. Uh, Malachi Richardson, tough blow from him, huh? Um, so he's going to be pretty much out for the season. Um Ah, tough well. He was really turning the corner, ball handling a little bit. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a tough one. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, we've seen him get some work a little bit. Uh, had that weekend when he kind of topped Corey Joseph. So something to keep an eye out on there. Uh, DeJounte Murray, another guy who was supposed to be super raw, but he's really come on faster. I think we're going to be starting him in DFS and streaming him in season leagues. Um, again, he had that big, big game, but he's been kind of quiet since. But Greg Popovich, I mean, Murray had kind of a bad rap coming in, saying that he was, you know, super cocky. Uh, he had a, a really, really high usage rate at UW and was one of the most inefficient players with that usage. So to him, for Pop to say that, which he doesn't do a lot, Pop is not kind to rookies publicly. Uh, he usually just kind of give the old Pop answer, but... He likes Murray, so props. Uh, a great pick for the Spurs. All right, how about Jake Lehman? Uh, the Lehman's terms. Blazers possibly selling. Keep an eye on Lehman, I guess. Uh, he's He's been all right. So, let's see. Scalabissier, if the Kings fall, hasn't been very good. He's only played eight games. Who else? Steven Zimmerman. Let's talk about him. Uh, Magic could be selling Vooch. Uh, they're going to have biz. They've already got a Baca gone. Uh, they're obviously selling. They finally realized this whole big thing didn't work. So maybe we see some Steven Zimmerman uh, going forward. I, I, a guy who was killing some of the really, really high block rate. Can rebound rebound a little bit. Uh, we saw Diamond Stone get some minutes late the other day. Uh, shooting. He, he has some nice shooting touch for a guy his size. Uh, and then Derek Jones Jr. Saturday. I'm rooting for the airplane mode, man. Airplane mode can throw it down. I'm sure you guys have seen that in Sun's video. 360 through the leg dunk. Oh, my God. He's going to definitely do that, even though the secret's out on that, man. If he does that dunk, you get 50, period. Uh, it's just so cool. Uh, I'm pumped for that. What, I don't, what about you guys? Do you, I don't even watch the All-Star game. I don't, I don't care at all. Like, I like the dunk contest. The three-point three point contest is cool. But I, I usually just chill. And I'm, usually I go skiing or something, but I, like I said, I bought my puppy. So I'm going to be hanging with him for, for the whole week here. So 
we're out of here. Uh, we're going to do, I don't know what we're going to do Saturday, uh, and I don't know what we're going to do Monday. Monday we'll do questions and probably tie in some deadline stuff. Uh, we'll probably do more, de- we're going to have a deadline heavy pod and one of those two. I'm not sure which one is. Ryan wants to do it on Monday or whatever, whatever's going down. So. And if you have any ideas, please. I mean, it's obviously all-star break. I'm all, I'm all for other ideas to get out there. And, but I always love to talk rookies. Maybe we can talk sophomores uh, for half a pod or something like that. So you guys take care. Enjoy the all-star break. And we'll catch you next time.